Hi everyone, welcome back to Sustainability Speaks. We're your hosts, Stasia and Saskia. On today's episode, it's just Saskia, unfortunately, but I am joined by Ian, who is the CEO of Peterman and the publisher of Conscious Design. So Ian, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Always excited to talk about sustainability. <laughs> Thank you for um, joining us. <laughs> yeah, so... So yeah, so I, my background is product design. Uh, my degree is industrial design, and I worked for years uh, company like HP and and big companies, and then worked with smaller companies. Um, just really learning the entire process of how do you make and develop and launch a, a product. And now I run pyramid design firm, and. Oh, in the last couple of years, I've really uh, been focused on, you know, I've, I've done done the work, I've gotten the experience of designing products, uh, but not all of them, I can't say all of them were very sustainable. And so one of the things that came about is really just focusing in on, okay, well, what's what do I need to do in order to make it so that products are as sustainable as possible? How do I guide clients? towards making their products more sustainable. And so that led me to uh, writing the book, co-authoring that um, and getting that out there. And now I run a podcast as well with the same design, conscious design, same name. And uh, now it's just really, really just in our DNA to make sustainable products whenever possible and, and make sure we're, we're doing good where we can. Just on your company, Peterman, how would you describe this as a company? Is it a sustainable design agency? Like, what sort of things do you do daily? Yeah, so our our real focus is being a partner to people and companies that are launching or relaunching, redesigning products. And so our our day to day is really focused on a lot of design. So we have in house you know, mechanical engineering, electrical. Uh, we do we do the entire breadth of a product, so we'll end up doing branding and things like that. And so we actually spend a lot of time doing things like material research and really keeping up on you know what are the options when you when you say I want to make a sustainable product, what are the options? How do we actually achieve that? Um, and so there's a lot of research <laughs> that we do in order to make sure we're uh, as up as we can be on on new materials and things like that. And so a lot of my personal day-to-day is just working with clients and uh, working with them to figure out how do we make their goals happen in, in the most sustainable way. Cool. So sustainability is obviously becoming a much more prominent thing in the world. Do you find yes. that you have to pitch to clients or do, do, you, do they all come to you? Uh, we just have people come to us. So we're, I don't really pitch to companies. Uh, we, we have people come to us. And even when it comes to sustainability, you know, we do, uh, you know, advocate for it, obviously, as much as we can. But a lot of times people are curious about either, hey, what can we do? So just, and there's a lot of education around it that people, um, either don't know what is possible, so they're like, well, you know, if it could be sustainable, great, but we don't think it can be. Um, and usually it turns out that we can make it <laughs> better and more sustainable. Um, so it's helping educate people on that. And then the other part is people will say, hey, we, we'd love to do sustainable 
things, but we just don't think it's cost effective enough. And that's another education point where it, it is very cost effective to be sustainable. So it's a little bit of awareness and, and education, and, and but there's a lot of interest. So it's definitely changed to the last decade. <laughs> um, I'm sure people listening can hear that you're not English. So where are you based and where are your clients based? Yeah, I'm, I'm currently in LA. Uh, we're, we're a totally distributed workforce and have been since before the pandemic when everybody else became one. Uh, and we mainly work with US companies just because we're in the US. So there's you know a nice time zone availability for, for people. Um, but we've worked with companies all over uh, UK, just had a phone call with someone in Israel, uh, Australia, New Zealand, Canada. We've, we've covered quite a few countries, so we're not really limited. And because we're we're set up to work remotely, um, and have been from the beginning, we're we're pretty easy to work with when it comes to location. Yeah, it must be helpful having clients getting on board to working remotely as well. Yeah. <laughs> what sort of industries do your clients work in? Oh, we've we've done all kinds of things. I've uh, done laser products, industrial equipment, uh, toys, consumer electronics, IoT, smart home devices, yeah, kitchen appliances. We kind of go all over the place and we don't have a specific vertical mm-hmm. um, that is our, our focus. Our focus is more on sustainability and, and that side of things. And we enjoy the challenge of working in all kinds of spaces yeah so for the products there how do you ensure that they're sustainable well one of the biggest things uh, about making it sustainable making your product sustainable is looking at your supply chain so that's not only the materials so we look obviously look at the materials if it's biodegradable it's better if it's recyclable that's better but we also do a more life cycle analysis and we have have these conversations early on rather than at the end, uh, you know, asking to turn it into a green product. We start from the beginning and it's, we look at things like, well, do you want it to be repairable? How are you going to dispose of it when you're, when you're done with it? What's, what's the process for that? You know, what's, how long or how broad is your supply chain? Are you having to ship parts multiple times in order to get it you know, to the consumer, how do we minimize the transportation footprint of it uh, and things like that, that really we try to expand uh, and it's really what, what are all the impacts that a product has? And when you start to look at all of them, there's quite a few. And so when we talk about creating a really sustainable product, you know, a lot of people think about, oh, the material, that's that's the main thing. And, and it is a large component, but it's usually not the, you know, it's not the only part of making a sustainable product. Mm. And as you said, the material is kind of like a large part. Is that where you start? It It is a pretty easy place to start. So obviously talking about whether it's going to be made out of uh, aluminum or uh, metal or plastic or biodegradable plastic, those are pretty easy initial conversations to have. Uh, and then from there, it's all that quickly branches into, okay, well, who can make what we want in that material and where are they located? Are they located near 
other you know suppliers that we need to have things like that um, and really getting the picture from there but it's materials usually an, an easy starting point yeah I can imagine that's probably where I would start if I was going to think about designing <laughs> something sustainably <laughs> right this might seem like a extremely obvious question but I suppose just to spell it out what what is the importance of a sustainable design why do products need to be sustainable well, there's, there's the obvious big ones of, you know, taking care of the environment, um, things like that, but it's also really has to do with efficiency and there's, and costing, and there's things that we do. Um, and I'll, I'll give an example. There's a, there's a company in, in Northeast, uh, us that they have been saving money since they started in 1950s. They produce things like toilet paper and paper towels and, uh, you know, tissues and things like that. And they've been using recycled paper to make it since the fifties. That's when they started and they actually did it because it was cheaper and better and better and easier for them to, uh, get their raw material that way. Uh, and they didn't even think about marketing the fact that they were sustainable until about 2005, 2010, somewhere around there. But. I give that example because they, they chose it because of the efficiency. And so when you really start to look at the systems around a supply chain or building, building a product, if it's inefficient, you know, you're going to have something where a part travels a thousand miles to have something done to it and then travels another thousand miles to get assembled and travels again. And that's, highly inefficient. And even if we were using, you know, all electric renewable energy to, to do that, it's still inefficient. And so one of the things that's, that I find really interesting is when you start to really talk about sustainable products, you can't really avoid the conversation of making it more efficient, uh, which is, which is a great thing. It's more efficient is usually more sustainable. That's a really interesting point. It kind of reminds me of a, a conversation I had on another podcast with um, a coffee company where they said that a lot of coffee, they take the bean and they ship it from Colombia and they ship it to Italy, roast it in Italy, so they say it's roasted in Italy, and then they ship it back to Colombia to package and then they ship it to, say, the US to sell. And how ridiculously inefficient it is to be sending the beans all the way across the world when they can just roast right. them in Colombia. It doesn't make any sense. Right. And there's, and there's a lot of those. And when you, yeah. when you start to dive into talking about products, people will just go, Oh, well, why, why don't we do this? Or why don't we do that? Um, and I'm sure mo most people, uh, would remember at least if you're over the age of you know 20 Ticonderoga pencils through there's your normal school pencil that you probably used, uh, number two pencils it takes four countries to make that product, which is Ridiculous. crazy to think about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's, that's the reality. And, and it's because we, we don't, there's a lot of inefficiencies because we don't look at the cost of transportation. It's, it's actually one of the biggest things that I have to point out to people that are new to products is, well, you pay for shipping. You have to ship these products. So if you have a you know, one part made in, Argentina, one in Italy and one in China, you have to ship them thousands and thousands of miles to get them together to assemble it. 
And so it's, it's a huge inefficiency when you don't, when you could do that way closer. If you could have it all made, you know, in Italy, just do that. That's gonna, that's gonna be, make more sense in the long run. Yeah, for sure. It's such an interesting point you've raised because most <clears throat> people think that sustainability is always expensive and by becoming sustainable, you're actually decreasing your profit margins. How do you weigh this up when you're when you're talking to the client and explaining that this is not always the case? Yeah, so really it comes down to talking about what what is their mission? Mm-hmm. Like what what are they trying to do? And if they and, and one of the things that we, we bring up and, and we call it legacy branding is a, what is what is the legacy you want to leave behind? What is what do you want the brand to be remembered for um, as as you go forward? And if sustainability is anywhere in there, then you don't really have an option <laughs> to, to <laughs> skip it. Um, and even in the case where, you know, and, and there are cases where it is going to be more expensive to be sustainable. It's not always cheaper to do it. However, it is always better for marketing. People will pay, people will also pay typically a premium of 10, 20% more to have a product they feel good about. And so it, it's a combination of one, the dollars make sense 90% of the time. You're going to be able to reduce reduce your costs or with the added buffer of the people willing to pay for a sustainable product, have the room to be able to make it sustainable. Uh, and people really want to buy products that they feel good about. They want it has been proven over and over by, by different brands. People want to buy a product that has a positive impact somehow when they purchase it. So things like, I think it's Tom's shoes. They, they came out, you bought one, they would give a free pair to somebody who didn't have shoes at all. Um, <clears throat> well, that makes you feel pretty good every time you buy a pair of shoes. If, if somebody is getting a pair that didn't have any before. Uh, so things like that. And really looking at the social side of things, what's the social impact? What is, you know, and that's why you see more and more companies are partnering with charities and things like that is because people, the average consumer is wanting this more and more and kind of the the idea of not thinking about sustainability or your social impact um, is just kind of a, at this point, an archaic way of thinking about business, and it's not gonna, if you keep doing that, you're not gonna last very long because consumers don't want that. They want they want to feel good when they buy a product and they want it to help help someone. So that's, it's kind of a ignoring it's not possible. <laughs> so it's better to just join it and do it really well and make it more efficient. Have you found that clients have been a bit concerned recently with inflation? Uh, I know, inflation has been happening there's been a lot of talk about was wallets being pinched and how potentially sustainable items will be one of the first things that'll forfeit and kind of go back to basics have you felt any of this not yet i mean there's and i i yeah there's no real feedback yet of that happening um and i would i would honestly say that there's I wouldn't think that sustainable products will go away because there's so many that are price competitive mm-hmm. with non-sustainable products as well. So I think kind of the, that idea of it'll just, it'll disappear as soon as inflation rises. 
uh, isn't, I don't feel like that's going to be an, an accurate prediction, but I mean, we'll all see. Nobody knows. Nobody has a crystal ball that I know of. <laughs> Last year, you published a book called Conscious Design. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this? What does it include and like, who's, who's the target audience? Yeah, so really the, the target audience is pretty much anybody who is working in or wanting to develop products and don't don't want to be part of the problem. You, you know, there's, you know, you want to have a product that is sustainable, do you want to build a brand that is socially responsible? Uh, and so basically the, the book is, there's a, there's a lot of its different ways of thinking, there's design thinking, there's, there's different approaches, there's companies out there who are doing amazing things. Uh, there's a one called Alafia, it's, they do like soaps and stuff like that. And basically what we did was we went, okay, well, here's, here's my process. And it really started with, well, what do I do that may, is able to make a product more sustainable? How do you break down all the steps of developing a product? And, and what are some questions to ask as you're going through a process of developing you know, a, a new product? What are the questions you should be asking yourself to really think about what are the impacts and then from there, we wrote the book, which is basically highlighting companies are saying here, here's great examples of companies that are doing things really sustainably. They are making good social impact and they are really profitable. They're doing well and showing, showing what's out there. And then also just walking through, you know, how, how do we think about design? How do we think about creating a brand or product? in a way that ensures that it is consciously designed, it is sustainable, it's environmentally friendly, it's, it has positive social impact. Uh, what, what is the legacy that, that you're building? And really outlining and, and helping people to think through that process and, and create a framework of how do I think about my company? How do I think about my brand? How do I think about creating products in a way that's going to create the most positive impact possible and, and, you know, outlining pitfalls and, and things like that. And really the goal with it is to help people become more aware that it is entirely possible to have socially responsible, environmentally friendly brands and products that are profitable. And with that profit, you can do even more good. You can go, you know, donate and support charities and things like that. And so it's really just outlining how, how someone can think about it. And, and the goal is that hopefully people will see that and go, Hey, I can't, we can do that. I can do that. This is a framework. Um, and hopefully we'll see more and more companies out there, uh, doing it, being more sustainable and more socially responsible. We spoke about how sustainability needs to be thought about before and not as an afterthought. Have you found yeah. that people, the sort of people who are purchasing the book Conscious Design are people who are just starting to make a product or do you get a combination of people who are kind of wanting to improve their processes as well? From, from what we've noticed, it seems to be a mix, a mix of people. So there's definitely uh, newer, you know, I would say even some brand new designers, things like that. 
Uh, and then there's also, I've had some industry veterans uh, in the design world uh, comment on the book. And so it's really a broad, so far it seems to be a fairly broad range of people that are in the design world or interested in creating their own products and brands. I'm just interested to get your thoughts on eco-consumerism and whether you think that sometimes new sustainable products can just be another way of capitalising on trend as such. So do you think that some of these products are just created to make more money or do you think that they are genuine solutions? Um, I I think that usually it, it's a combination, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. without without there being a market and without people being willing to buy it, no one's gonna, it's really hard to make a product and, and do well with it. And so I, there's some of it, I think is definitely just capturing, okay, this is a trend. However, I think because it is a trend that continues to grow and, and hasn't really been faltering, it's, it's not a super short trend, right? It's not, not just a flash in the pan kind of thing. It's shifting how people are doing business and there's still there's still some greenwashing like that. That is definitely a thing and it's been, uh, but people are becoming more aware of what that is. And so companies that are just doing lip service to green, they're just putting, they're just saying, oh, we have a green product, we have a green product, we put a green label on it. Uh, those products are, not being selected as often as companies who really show what they're doing and are really dedicated towards actual sustainability. So I, I think it's shift a shift, right? And and we're shifting, I would say, out of the the greenwash more and more into truly sustainable that are built from a very mission centric. We want to have a green product. Um, and that's where a lot of new companies are coming out of and big companies are starting to shift and there's serious money being put into having research done, create actual sustainable products, things like that. So, you know, the, the view that I see is it's shifting and the companies that are already being actually sustainable are, are ahead of the curve, but it's consumers are, are wiser now it and more it's it's easier to spot people that are just creating something green rather than creating a truly sustainable product yeah i think that's definitely true there's definitely a lot more controls now to sort of tell the difference yes finally what do you think that your greatest success and challenges have been for both peterman and conscious design yeah, I mean, with with the firm, it's definitely the that you know, we've we've grown. We've we have a, a good sized team now, and we're working on projects that are are getting harder and harder, which is good. <laughs> yeah. uh, more complicated products, and we're we're having more clients that are. It's nice to see this trend of people that approach us be more and more aware of what sustainability is and really wanting it. And, and now, you know, I'd say in the last year, I've had far more conversations where when asked the question, Hey, what, what are your goals with sustainability? I get an actual answer 
of, you know, here's what we want to do. Here's what we want to achieve. Here's, you know, things that we actually want. And it's a well thought out answer, not just, you know, oh, we, we like to be sustainable. That, that could be cool. Or, you know, how do we do that? <laughs> and so it's been really nice to see that trend and, and, you know, maybe it's just because we're marketing ourselves as sustainable design, maybe that that's what's helping, but either way, more of those people are, are approaching and that's, it's great to see because it means, at least for us, it's, it's validation that people really are wanting to do this from business side um, at the start. And so that's, that's huge for us as we love seeing that. Uh, and then for conscious design, uh, really it's been, the book was great. It's out there. It's, it's great to hear from people and see people that are, you know, talking about it and, and talking to us about it and it growing into the podcast has been great because we get to talk to people. I interview all kinds of companies that are in the sustainable world and, and doing great things. And so it's nice to see that, that catching on some and hopefully we'll, we'll see it grow even more. Yeah, definitely. You also have a podcast too, right? Very similar to this, I, I, I believe. Yeah, it's, it's called Conscious Design and Basically, I interview mostly product-based companies and, and talk to people in the product world about, you know, what is, how do you do sustainability? What are companies doing? You know, what sets them apart? And try just trying to highlight more, more companies that are doing really great things that are forging ahead with sustainable materials and things like that. Uh, just just give, give them more of a voice and, and get it out there so that more people are aware just how many options there are. And I think that's the biggest, biggest thing is people are still so limited in what they think is possible with, as a sustainable product. And, you know, there's, there's some amazing, <laughs> amazing products and materials out there that, you know, it just takes research to find if you have the time to do it. And that's, you know, we do that. So it's our way of kind of sharing and highlighting really awesome products and companies. Yeah, that's really cool. So anybody listening to this, if you're interested, which you should be, make sure to go check that out as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Ian, for joining us for this conversation. It's been really interesting and something a bit different. We've had someone talk about interior design before, but never product design. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me and uh, yeah, happy to, happy to share all this and hopefully, hopefully your listeners enjoy. As always, thank you for listening to this podcast. All the links to both Peterman and Conscious Design are in the description of the podcast. So please make sure to check those out. And please follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook for more updates.